Well, hello and welcome to this week's A Photographic Life. I haven't been in the shed very much recently, so it's nice to be back here. I spoke last week on last week's episode about an article I'd written concerning the midlife crisis that uh, I believe is facing a lot of photographers at the moment. Well, I was made aware that uh, a discussion had kind of uh, begun around that article after somebody had posted a link to it on a Facebook forum, a a closed Facebook group called uh, Photographers United Pro. We've spoken about them, in fact, a couple of years ago, I think, now when they first got started. And um, so I went on to that that particular platform and it was very good to see such uh, positive comments concerning the article. But uh, a couple of other posts caught my eye and I wanted to share them with you this week. So the first one said this. I was speaking to a photographer who has just done a fashion shoot for a large UK brand. It was a shooting a celeb stroke model stroke influencer for a campaign. They paid a good day rate, booked location and paid for lighting hire, which was HMIs. They wanted it all shot on a phone, which was controlled by them via Lightroom Cloud. Clients were in their office and directing the shoot remotely. As each shot was taken, they were manipulating the image from their end, changing exposure, filtering, etc. The photographer had no control over this. They would suggest things like move the plant in the background, etc. At the end of the shoot, the photographer was logged out and had no access to any of the images. Job finished. Has anyone else experienced this? How long before they can lose the photographer, maybe use an assistant who can uh, set up the lighting, and that would be it? In the words of the great Tony Hancock, Snap? Did you say snap? I'm not doing a snap, I'm doing a portraiture. Never use the word snap to a professional photographer. You wouldn't ask Vaughan Williams if he'd knocked out a few tunes lately, would you? It would, of course, uh, be possible to see what I've just said as being the death of commissioned photography. What it certainly is, is the present in some aspects of photography, and it's going to be the future. So when I was talking about the midlife crisis last week and talking about the idea of change and adaption and transformation, things which can be difficult for a photographer, much more experienced in the ways of the past, perhaps that's a perfect example of where we are going and why such challenges are coming up photographers and in the way they are. At the same time, I saw another post which I also thought was relevant but raised another issue. It said this. I had an annoying situation to deal with yesterday. I had photographed a house a few years ago for an architect. It had a wonderful kitchen. We asked the kitchen company if they would like to share the costs of the commission with the architect at the time of the commission. I would raise my fees to include them. It would still make it less expensive for both parties when shared. They declined. Yesterday, the PR company for the kitchen company sent me an email asking if one of the best images of the kitchen could be used in a leading consumer magazine. I imagine it would be a 10 best kitchens or best contemporary kitchens kind of a feature. 
They shouldn't even have the image. I suspect the kitchen company are storing images on their system. Although the architect assures me that they only have watermarked versions. Although the image sent to me by the PR company was clean. I explained the situation to the PR company that the kitchen company would have to pay my standard license now, which is per image. It includes other usages such as print, their website and social media. I would have to check with the architects about the PR, as it would be good if they were mentioned also. Total shock that I should wish to charge anything. My fees are too expensive, etc. I know that this sort of PR is very valuable. It boosts sales almost immediately. I don't allow third-party use. We're all in business. The kitchen company should pay their own way. I met with the argument, the architects have paid you already. Why are you charging us? Then the PR company says that they've been in business for over 20 years and have never experienced a photographer wishing to charge in a similar situation. The length people will go to avoid paying for an image. It can get quite nasty. My client, the architects, were supportive at first, but they are friends with the kitchen company and also want to see the image published. So they asked me to stand down. I'm disappointed with them. Looks like I won't be working for them again. You can lose a client over something simple like this. In my view, so be it. I have never allowed third-party use. If I did, I would be working unprofessionally. If the image popped up further on down the line on the kitchen company's website or in another article, I would have a weak argument for charging a license fee. This kitchen company haven't invested properly in their photography. They have an excellent product, but don't properly shoot it. Estate agent style photography. So I have pointed out that I work for some really well-established Italian kitchen companies who have showrooms in London. I've mentioned to the PR company that my other kitchen clients wouldn't behave in this way. Only thing to do is to politely explain how nicely and professionally my other clients work and therefore gently explain why their behaviour is inappropriate. I've helped the architect for about five years, really nice practice, but obviously quite inexperienced regarding these matters. They just see the opportunity to be published. They don't get it as soon as they see it. Their desire for PR suddenly overrides their understanding that the photographer should be paid. If they go, they go. I'm fortunate to have lots of clients most of whom would behave differently. I just like supporting young developing practices and hate it when this sort of thing happens and they dump a photographer who stands up for their rights. So much to unpick there in that story, but perhaps the most important word that comes to my mind is to be professional, to be professional in all things and also to be nice. Also, I suppose, educate the client even when the client doesn't want to be educated. But I think what that also demonstrates is the importance as a photographer of understanding so many aspects of being a photographer which are outside the creation of the photographic image. Two stories there which I think give a very clear, precise and condensed view of where we currently are today in the professional photographic environment. I also spoke last week about the importance of the long game.
And back in 2012, when I was running, uh, curating, editing, designing a Hungry Eye magazine, something that some of you may remember, a project that I started uh, based actually and named after a Walker Evans book, Hungry Eye. But anyway, uh, during the Hungry Eye days, Eleanor O'Kane, a fantastic journalist, interviewed Ross MacDonald, the photographer and filmmaker born in Dublin. Well, here we are, nearly 10 years later, and Ross is joining us again, this time to explain what photography means to him in less than five minutes. Since graduating with an MFA in film production, Ross's work has evolved into a mature storytelling voice across a range of lens-based disciplines. He was recently named as a shortlisted artist for the Prix Prictet, the Global Award in Photography and Sustainability, and his photographs have been exhibited at the V&A Museum in London, the Gallery of Photography Dublin, the Shanghai Centre of Photography and the Grand Palais at Paris Photo. Often working on self-initiated photography projects, Ross has lived and worked in Mexico, Afghanistan, the Ukraine and the US and published his work in the New York Times magazine, Time and the Sunday Times magazine also. An Emmy Award-winning filmmaker for the film The Trade in 2021, Ross's first film, Colony, premiered at the Toronto International Film Festival and was nominated for an Irish Academy Award. His following film as a director, Eliane, was filmed in Cuba and premiered at the Tribeca Film Festival, nominated for an Emmy Award also. McDonald's work has been screened at the Sundance Film Festival, the London BFI Film Festival and IDFA. His forthcoming film projects include uh, Love Yourself Today, in which he's executive producer, and The First Wave for National Geographic Documentaries, on which he served as a cinematographer and co-producer. His first book, Joyrider, published by 39 Books and the Charcoal Book Club, has just been released and is available now. He lives in New York. In trying to answer the question, what does photography mean to me? I find myself asking more and more questions. Including, perhaps, the biggest question out there. The one we are all truly seeking to understand, which is... Who am I? I am a photographer. Photography gave me a path to walk in life, a practice to adhere to, and a way of making sense of my internal world by photographing the world outside. Photography arrives at a time in our lives when we're looking for something to invest our identity in, when we're looking for something to be. I am a photographer. But in some respects I am and always will be a frustrated movie director. My entry point to photography was a desire to make films, to follow in the path of the directors I loved so much growing up. My journey to photography came from writing scripts that were mostly just descriptions of images and imagery. Gravitating towards photography in hindsight seemed like a natural extension of the cinematic world I was so enthralled by. I am a photographer. And like all of us, we are, in one way or the other, products of our environments. 
In my case, I had a very fortunate upbringing in that my father worked as an airline pilot. Travel was a normal part of our lives, and he brought me with him on trips as a boy. Sometimes to incredible places, but also many times to more mundane ones. I believe it was against the banal backdrop of baggage claims and check-in lines that certain things began to stand out. A Sikh man working as a baggage handler in Birmingham. A Nigerian woman checking in with enormous suitcases. An Orthodox Jewish man with ringlets in his hair running to catch his flight. These moments are perhaps my first frames the first time I pressed the shutter, albeit at the time, in my mind's eye. I am a photographer. However, it took one particular moment for me to understand the power of photography. Until then, I had somehow felt put off by journalistic and documentary photography, the path I myself would end up following. I had seen the work of Tom McCullen and couldn't fathom why anyone would put an image of starving children on a book cover. Neither did I see the aesthetic value in the yellowed, ageing collections of National Geographic magazines that seemed to gather dust on everybody's shelves. I was fortunate then to pick up a collection of Bruce Davidson's photographs in my early days as a student. Davidson had worked in Ireland, where I was from, taking pictures of the circus. I lingered on his incredibly moving photographs from East 100th Street and couldn't understand how a woman would pose naked for this man with her child. The image was powerful, but in no way invasive or sexualized. And then I came across a photograph of a man ordering food at a drive-in in Los Angeles. This photograph I recognised. It was the cover of the Beastie Boys album, In Commun Ill Communication. Davidson's body of work connected the dots for me, between the cultural moment I was immersed in and a photographic method. His way of capturing the world and the sensitive, empathetic way he so brilliantly mastered resonated deeply with me. I understood in that moment that photography was personal. It reflected something about yourself. I am a photographer. And slowly one learns to be in the world, but not of the world. To observe, anticipate, to be decisive when the moment presents itself. Photography becomes not just a hobby, but a way of life. Who am I? I am a photographer. And in today's world, it's just one of the things that I am. Like for many of us listening to this, the meaning of photography itself has changed. Now we're visual storytellers, filmmakers, producers. For me, however, photography remains the axis upon which everything else spins. Wow, what a positive, cinematic, 
uh, moving, concise, considered, well-structured contribution this week from Ross. The work of a filmmaker, I think it's very clear to hear a film without any visuals. Um, something I often talk about, the importance of writing, and interesting that writing is where Russ started with his love for filmmaking and image-making. Don McCullen getting a mention there, as he has done on many occasions in the various contributions over the years, but in a very different way, and I think in a very valid way as well. So thank you very much, Ross, for your contribution this week. I know it's one I'm going to listen to again and again. I'm sure you are as well, those of you listening. And also, I'm going to use it and play it to students because for me, it summed up everything that I think about photography. It also tied in very nicely with what I was talking about at the beginning there, that changing role of the photographer, how we are having to embrace many other aspects of the medium outside the pressing of the shutter. I know that's been the case for a long time, but those with the open mind are definitely progressing and creating great work. And I think dealing with the changes much better and much more successfully. So once again, I thank Ross. Obviously now, go and check out his films. Check out his work. As I always say, you will not be disappointed. I think it would be fair to say that this week's episode, although as always concise and short in its length, is filled with stuff to think about and to consider. If you've enjoyed this week's podcast, then do please let other people know about what we do. You can also touch base with us at Instagram at, at UNAphoto and also at What Does Photography Mean to You? Two uh, pages there for you to catch up with the work that the photographers who contribute to this podcast actually make. As well as that, of course, we're on Twitter we're at UN of Photo, we're on Facebook at UN of Photo, and we've also got the website, unitednationsofphotography.com. So lots of opportunities there for you to catch up with what we do. And if you've enjoyed this podcast, I think you might enjoy some of the writing and some of the points of view and discussions that we try and provoke through writing as well. And of course, there's always the book, What Does Photography Mean to You? Available from Blue Coat Press at just £9.99, plus post and packaging, filled with 89 of the contributors to this podcast, answering that question, complete with a photograph, a portrait of themselves that they've contributed, that they feel reflects who they are. So lots of things to catch up with us on. It's been good to be back in the shed, although the heaters are on this week. It's starting to get a little bit chilly here in the Cotswolds. Hope everything's okay with you. Hope you're keeping motivated and positive. Lots of things, I think, to be positive about at the moment. You've just got to find them. As someone said to me the other day, we're all in uh, the same sea. We're just in different boats. Sometimes we need to look out for each other in another boat. So just make sure that you take care. Mm -hmm.